intercepted. Yes, it is. And Columbia has knocked off Harvard. To the end zone. Wayne Reed makes the catch. Touchdown, Columbia. The Lions win it. Welcome back to the Captain's Corner podcast presented by Jag One. I'm your host, Steve Speedling, once again, joined by Aaliyah Funchell on another rainy Monday. Aaliyah, any better this week, or are you just sad with all the rain? I'm very sad with all the rain. I also <laughs> look like a wet rat at the game on Saturday, so yeah. getting all the content for you guys. But we, we this rain's got to go. Yeah. yeah. But something we're not sad about is the Lions picking up their first win of the season, a 30 to nothing shutout victory over Georgetown in the Lou Little Cup. An awesome, awesome game. And I'm going to toss it to Aaliyah to introduce our captains, and she's ready to go with some questions and talking about the game. Yeah, well, welcome back, captains. It's good to see you guys, Caden, Pat, Luke, and CJ. Um, honestly, such a fun game, despite the rain. It was a lot of fun. Um, and since I know the SIDs of Columbia do a lot of work to look up all of the history of Columbia, I would just like to say it was the first home shutout win for you guys since 2006 and the first time you had a shutout win in a home opener since 1998 so that's pretty crazy i just like throwing out those facts because i know you guys dig for those and work hard to find those so let's start with the defense what was working for you guys defensively i think overall from the jump it was a new intensity and focus that we had i feel like uh first game jitters is a real buzzword but i don't think that was really it i think you have to get back used to the physicality of college football it's only so much you can replicate in camp you have to really want to go out there and do some bad things to your opponent and uh, i think to get in that mindset you have to prep Week in and week out, and frankly, we didn't prep like that week one and week two. We were all pissed off going throughout the week, starting on Sunday. So from that on, it's just a mentality thing. We really learned it's all about us and how we come out. So from the front end, I said D-line dominated. Like, it wasn't any space for any running backs to go. They were averaging about six yards a pop per carry before that. So D-line dominated. From then on, linebackers can play fast and aggressive. Uh, me and Anthony Russo's gelled a lot better um, to where we were working together much better. Him and Rocco on the other end were working much better together. And then the two linebackers rolled in and played just as well. Uh, DBs locked up, nine PBUs, I think. So from top to bottom, it's just everybody was locked in. You saw it throughout practice and it showed on the field. Yeah, and I just think uh, it was a lot more people just staying in their gaps, not trying to do too much. I think week one, everyone was trying to just, you know, go out and make plays. But like Coach West is always talking about, it. it's like not every play is for you. Sometimes you got to fill a role and do your job and let somebody else set the table for somebody else to make a play. So, um, yeah, just, you know, it, when we're all playing discipline and good team defense and no one's forcing plays, um, usually good things happen for us. And it was ha it was good to see uh, Coach Stowe get his first shutout win. And, you know, we had a few opportunities last year and we just kind of let him slip, like, mm -hmm. towards the end of the game. So he was really uh, – he was gunning for it this uh, last Saturday. So it was good to see him get that. Yeah, and Caden, as, as a quarterback, how – how much better is it to play and just kind of like more fun and less stress when the defense is so locked in and, you know, it's late in the game, fourth quarter, still haven't allowed a point. So how, how much fun is that to play with a, a defense like that? Well, it definitely takes some of the stress off of you as an offense, especially when you have supreme confidence in your defense that they're going to get the stop and get the ball back for you. Um, so it's great. I think that it l allows you to play a little bit looser, a little bit more freely, take the shots that you want to take on offense, um, knowing that the defense has is, is got the, the opposing offense figured out. So I think that it allowed us to open our playbook uh, midway through the game. Um, and even though it was raining, we made some nice explosive plays, which was nice. And then we just kind of started to feed off of each other. Um, Coach talks about the, the sideline being a party and when the defense is pitching a shutout and the offense is making big plays, um, it's awesome. And we just kind of built off of each other um, and just kept the momentum going, uh, regardless of what side of the ball was, was out on the field. So it was great. Yeah, and, and just staying on offense real quick, Marcus Livman. So this is a crazy stat, too. He's had a reception in 21 of 22 career games, last week being the only um, week mm -hmm. where he didn't. So for him to have, you know, two great catches in mm -hmm. this game, like, can you just talk about him real quick? Yeah, um, Marcus Lippmann's an unbelievable receiver. Uh, and he, you know, he's a little bit different than, than our guys on the outside, right? We have Bryson and, and Jay Dell on the outside, and those are kind of our, our go ball, explosive um, sort of receivers. But you have Marcus Lippmann, who plays with such a great um, 
football IQ and, and has a really good feel for finding soft spots in the zones. Um, and, you know, and I tell him, you know, that's, you know, you're my safety blanket. I know that, you know, if they're, if, if we're covered downfield and they're in a zone defense and they're dropping eight, um, I know that three is going to find, you know, that, that soft spot in, in the zone. So um, that was kind of a point of emphasis all practice. You know, I told him, hey, you know, uh, I know you, you know, I know you didn't get the targets that you wanted at Lafayette, but, you know, I need you this week. I need you to do what you do and find those soft spots in that zone. And, and that's what he did. And it was awesome. And, and it opened up our, our passing game later on, in, on later on in the day, excuse me, um, when we hit a few big shots to, to Jay Dell, which was nice. So it was great. And we'll definitely uh, move to Luke in a sec, but I want your opinion, Caden, just on uh, the offensive line and how you thought from your perspective that went, especially with Luke now, game number two. Um, so uh, funny enough, uh, we came off the, the sideline after our first scoring drive. And one thing I had noticed uh, when we were running the ball was how big the running holes were. And and not to say that Joey, Malcolm, and uh, Tyson didn't run extremely hard because they did. They ran extremely hard and got a lot of yards after contact. But even handing some of those balls off and then kind of seeing those holes open up and seeing our offensive line just kind of physically dominate their defensive line and their linebackers was awesome to see. And then they were also great in the pass game. Um, you know, uh, I didn't really take any hits in the pocket all game, so it was it was really nice to see those o those running holes opening up, and then obviously to have time back there, um, you know, and kind of stretch the ball down the field. Uh, it was great, and I thought that they played extremely extremely well, and it was awesome. Well, it's good to have one of your best friends playing left tackle, Luke. Yes. <laughs> what was your uh, perspective? Obviously, um, I just mentioned earlier, but game two, um, how did it feel going from game one to game two, and then the off uh, the offensive line overall as a whole? Yeah, I mean, obviously looking at the score, you can tell that the offensive line paid, played better. You know, we rushed for over 200 yards any day. You can do that. You feel good as an offensive line. Um, but, you know, I think it was a good a good game for us. The weather was rainy. You know, we didn't know what we were going to be able to do. Passing the ball makes it harder. So it's kind of teed up for us to kind of go out there and just play smash mouth football. And I think it was good for our confidence that, you know, we can do that. We have every capability to do that. And, yeah, I mean – you, like I said, we have we have four guys on our line who've never started a varsity game before this year. So I think game two, taking that step, I feel like we jailed a lot better. Communication was a lot better. Um, and I think those things obviously showed in on the box score. Um, but, yeah, I, I think we took a huge step, and I think we need to keep getting better. I think, you know, I'm happy with where we are, but we, we need to keep improving. And um, one of my favorite parts about the whole game was actually in the press conference hearing Coach Babish talk about getting his first win as a head coach. And, you know, he got a little bit emotional talking about how, like, it's every coach's dream to just run out on the field after a win. Um, so can you, we just kind of touch on him getting his first win as a head coach? I don't know if Caden wants yeah, to start. Yeah, absolutely. I'll start it off. Um, so I watched the postgame press conference, uh, and, and uh, I – Loved what Coach Fab had to say. He said, you know, there are four or five, six coaches on our staff that could be up here talking to you guys as well. And, and he, you know, he gave our, our position coaches and our, coordin and our coordinators um, the proper, um, you know, respect and, and notoriety uh, that they deserved. But, um, you know, I think that Coach Fab did a really good job all week of, you know, kind of, you know, letting us know, hey, we need to flush that Lafayette game. That's not who we are. We're a good football team. You know, we need to bounce back and kind of just kept that mentality of, um, you know, our, our, our continued mission mentality of, of pressing forward regardless of the of the prior outcome. And, and, and that's exactly what we did going into Saturday. And I think everybody was in a better frame of mind going into the game and everybody had prepared a little bit better. Um, and it was great. And, and then one other tidbit, uh, shout out Coach Fab. Uh, he also touched on a little bit in the postgame press conference is, you know, he's used to being an offensive coordinator, um, but now as a head coach, his his X's and O's um, responsibilities have gotten less and less. So actually all week he was hustling around, spraying the balls down with water, uh, making sure we were ready for a rainy game, uh, which ended up paying off uh, extremely, extremely well. So just focusing on the little details like that and then making sure everybody was in the, mind, the right mind for mindset excuse me um heading into the game i think he did an extremely good job and uh it was the first of many wins for him as the head coach of columbia football
Yeah, and I just got to say I love when you guys as the players consume the content we put out. It makes us feel good. Um, so I'm glad you watched that. And also another thing about this game, I feel like there's just so much stuff to talk about. Keeping the Lou Little trophy at home. Sweet Lou. Pat, I'm going to go to you for this one because I have some footage of you just, you know, holding that trophy, singing singing and chanting. So what does it feel like to, you know, keep it at Columbia, keep it in New York? Yeah, I mean uh – Coach Bagnoli's always talking – well, he wa used to always talk about trophy games. Mm -hmm. uh, and, you know, he'd make a big deal about uh, our two trophy games, the Lou Little Cup between Georgetown and the Empire uh, State uh, Cup. I think that's what it is. Yeah. Right? Uh, yeah Cornell. Against Cornell. And uh, talks about, you know, starting tradition and how it's an opportunity for us to, you know, kind of get some tradition in the program that doesn't really have a ton going into it. So, um, you know, we kind of – we thought it was a little. We think it's a little funny when he talks about trophy games. Yeah. Like you know, w it, you when we played Georgetown, my first two years here, it was every team meeting that we had during the week. It was well, this is a trophy game, guys, <laughs> and yeah, you know, it's an extra added element. And, right. um, <laughs> exactly. But you know, I, I don't know. Like this week, we kind of just embraced it. Mm -hmm. We were like, man, Sweet Lou has had had his place here for the last two years. We want to keep him home. Yeah. Be real sad if he has to leave. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, so, you know, we were locked in on the trophy game, and we wanted to keep Sweet Lou home and <laughs> hold him up. We were singing, singing our fight song. So, yeah, it was awesome. It was awesome to just, uh, you know, celebrate with the guys with, with Sweet Lou involved and Sweet Lou. keep him home. So Love that. Um, and then I guess just for CJ and Luke, too, um, just, like, tell me maybe your favorite part of the game because as media members or as, like, sports information directors, we only see so much. So is there anything that happened, you know, maybe off the field in the locker room that either was funny, fun, or sentimental that you just want to highlight? Um, i say my favorite part of the game was after the first defensive drive. Uh, we're sitting on a, there on the bench with Coach Rice. So we sit in uh, by position. So it's D-line, linebackers in the middle, DBs to the left. And uh, he's telling him we're going through the plays. He's like, yeah, like these three plays, three and out, good stuff. Two linebackers, let's roll, like after the first drive. And that's stuff I love. Like I, I feel more like a team when everybody's out there playing. Like it's not just the starters because it should be 1A, 1B, which it is. And you see like our depth, like D-line rotates, linebackers rotate, DBs rotate because like there's not a drop-off. Like you could put anybody out there, they're going to be able to perform. And I love to see guys like younger guys like Jack Schmikowski, sophomore linebacker, like reminds me a lot of myself when I was a sophomore, just hungry, ready to go out there. Scott Rosati, he's played like three positions here, finally getting his chance at Mike. Then you got Chuck uh, out there at Will. He's a freshman, ready to go, built like a log. So it's just yeah. seeing those guys go out there and hit and go out there and go. And, like, we get back on the sideline and talk about things. It's just a good feeling. Like, it makes you feel like it's much more of a team environment when all guys are out there rolling. And I can go all out every time, six seconds all out every time, knowing that if I need a, if I need a break, somebody's going to come in here and get me. So Love that. Yeah. I mean, I have probably one that's a little more serious, one that's kind of funny. Uh I think just the drive, what was it, like 90 yards, that 90-yard that drive. 95, yeah. 95. Like, that was, you know, we got good field position all day thanks to our defense and field uh, special teams. But, like, that drive where we could really put together, like, a 15-play drive like that felt amazing, you know, to punch it in with a touchdown. Like, you know, that was – I felt like that was a big moment for our offense, and I was really happy with that. And then one that's kind of funny is uh, anybody wants a really good laugh, go to one of the punt reps. Um as an offensive lineman, you're required to wear knee braces. Mm -hmm. And they're new for me. And you don't run a whole <laughs> lot straight down the field when you're wearing knee braces. <laughs> and so there's a really great rep of me, like 40 yards from the ball carrier on punt, just eating it. <laughs> uh, because my knee braces click together and I just fall on my face. I'll have to go find I that. I thought yeah, you that got hit late. No, I think the refs <laughs> The refs did, though. No, no, no. Billy Hughes Billy got abused. See, oh, Billy I've Hughes heard, did. I've heard two things about this. Either like the refs thought I'd get hit late and they threw a flag. But I think it was Billy. No, I saw him film. It was See, Billy. I saw, was I turned around. I saw you on the ground, and I was like, "Oh, <laughs> poor guy, just got decleated, like blindsided, <laughs> and hit, and they got a flag." You know, Must every time, like every time we punt, I have to go out there, and you know, Luke, Luke's not happy when we punt. You know, no one is, but mm -hmm. Luke, especially when he's out there on yeah. offense, like I'm, I'm ticked because we just yeah. Every time Pat's like, all right, Luke, here we go. Yeah, <laughs> so, so I, did, yeah, I was like, here's what we're doing on a punt. Tell him. He's like, yeah, okay. So we run the punt rep, and I'm running down, and I just look behind me, and Luke's on the ground, and there's flags everywhere. I'm like, this poor guy just got decleated, like, blindside hit. Nope, just, uh, just tripped over his own yeah. two feet. Yeah, <laughs> no, you know, just must have been some uneven turf there or something. I don't know. 100%. Uh, yeah, and the, do, rain. Blame rain. the rain. Blame the rain on Slippery. everything. Slippery, yeah. Yeah. 
real athletic there. Well, Steve, do you want to introduce shout-outs of the game for any new listeners or for these guys? Yeah, for sure. So um, it's kind of like a tradition on the captain's corner, what we've been doing. Uh, we kind of go around the room to each of you and just kind of, you know, give a shout-out to whether it's a teammate or someone else along the way who just had a really good game, someone else who, you know, might not have been highlighted by the box score or in the stats, um, someone you feel deserved to, you know, get a shout-out, hence the name, shout-out of the game. Um, Caden, we'll start with you if you have someone you want to throw yeah, out there. Yeah, absolutely, and I'm probably going to take Luke's. Um, you know, I think that the offense played extremely well, uh, but Pat Colicchio, um, Mark Chapman uh, went down, what was it, the second quarter? Yeah. Uh, something along those lines yeah. relatively early in the yeah. game. Um, Mark Chapman is our starting center, uh, for those of you that don't know. Um, and, and Pat Colicchio comes in in a rain game. Balls are slick. Ball, it's, you know, it's wet. Um, you know, you got to focus on the snap first. Then you got to execute your blocking assignment. So there's kind of uh, and, and definitely an extra element added when, when the rain comes in. And then to come in and play your first meaningful, you know, your first meaningful snaps of your college career in a rain game. Um, and to play as well as he did and just to kind of bring the, you know, the enthusiasm uh, that he brings to the football field, which is definitely unique, um, and to play as hard as he did with, with the effort that he did was, was awesome to see, um, as, uh, you know, specifically given the circumstances. So shout out to Pat Colicchio and his first um, meaningful snaps uh, as a Columbia Lion. It was awesome to see. And, um, you know, we just kind of let him know that we have full confidence in him, and he went out and played extremely well. So uh, we didn't skip a beat. Yeah. Um I'll go to special teams. I'll go to Carter McFadden. I mean, the guy's a weapon. Um, he had a great day returning the ball. Um, I wonder when they're going to stop kicking to him, which is my big concern right now because I think he's uh, – we need to give, give him the ball as many times as we can. Um, and if they stop kicking to him, that's not going to be possible. So, But he, he's a complete weapon back there. And my favorite thing about Carter, he's our starting field corner. And, um, you know, he just – from the time he got here, he just worked hard, put his head down to work. Nothing was given to him. Earned everything that he's uh, accomplished here on the team. And um, just a guy I root for, the whole squad roots for. And when he see, when he goes out and dominates the game the way he did, it, it's, a, it's a good feeling for everybody. So shout out Carter. Yeah. Um, you know, we've been touching kind of about the O-line and how they play better. But I think a lot of our success on the ground goes to – our whole running back room and Joey gets a lot of love, but I think both Malcolm and Tyson deserve a shout out just for how hard they run the football. We have a, you know, a stat that ball carries like we're trying to finish. And so whether you're a receiver, a lineman, a, a ball carrier, you have certain things you can do. And one of those is two yards after contact. And I think it what was like 88%, 88% of plays our running backs got two yards after contact. I think we had 168 yards total after contact on Saturday, which is an absurd number. And then on top of that, Malcolm and Tyson are on, you know, all the special teams units making plays all over the field on special teams. And, you know, we just – it's like those guys don't necessarily get all the recognition for how hard they play every time they're in the game. But, you know, those those make a difference. Those things make a difference. Yeah, and I think uh, Tyson's going to be looped into mine too. But my shout-out is really to the whole kickoff team, like – those are some – we have probably the scariest kickoff team in college <laughs> football right now. Like, if you watch those guys on film, like, I, I'm on kickoff return personally. And, like, if I saw those guys on film, like, it it would be a tough week. Like, mm-hmm. it's it's bad. You got Tyson running down the tip of the spear. Like, you see every time three guys try to block him, they just bounce right off of him. Scott Rosati running down there like a madman, <laughs> ready to hit stick somebody. You got Will Butts Will laying Butts. people out. <laughs> He had two decleaters in one play on the on kickoff. Just laying kids out. Like, don't you can't put no scrubs in front of them. Like, you got to get your best guys on that unit if you want to have a chance at blocking anybody. And it's just great going out there on defense after they kick it off and Scott Rosario just lays somebody out and you get to run out there and go lay their starting offense out. It's just a good feeling. So, shout out to them, man. They get me hype. Love that. Jag One Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. 
get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T.com for more information. Make a brilliant move to Vanderwater, luxury condominium residences in Morningside Heists. Discover an elevated approach to city living, a modern homage to old world elegance, breathtaking views of the Hudson River, Columbia University, and Riverside Church. Visit thevanderwater.com today for more information. That's T-H-E-V-A-N-D-E-W-A-T-E-R.com. New York Presbyterian Hospital is one of the nation's most comprehensive, integrated academic health care delivery systems dedicated to providing the highest quality, most compassionate care and service to patients in the New York metropolitan area, nationally and throughout the globe. New York Presbyterian is consistently recognized as a leader in medical education, groundbreaking research, and innovative patient-centered clinical care. Ranked number one in the New York metropolitan area by U.S. News and World Report and repeatedly named to the honor roll of America's best hospitals, New York Presbyterian has 10 locations in the metropolitan area. For more information, visit nyp.org today. JAG-1 Physical Therapy is a proud partner of the Columbia Lions. With state-of-the-art rehabilitation equipment and facilities, allow us to develop a specific plan catered to each patient. The JAG-1 team proudly serves the tri-state area with facilities throughout Manhattan, Brooklyn, Queens, Staten Island, Westchester, Long Island, New Jersey, and Pennsylvania. We're here for you. Get back the life you love. Visit www.jag1pt.com. That's J-A-G-O-N-E-P-T dot com for more information. Your first sip of Athletic Brewing Company's non-alcoholic beer is a game changer. It tastes so good, you can't believe it's non-alcoholic. With a variety of craft beer styles from IPAs to sours, you can sip and celebrate alongside the Columbia Lions game-changing plays. Find a store near you or order online at athleticbrewing.com. First-time customers can use code COLUMBIA10 to get 10% off their first six-pack at athleticbrewing.com. Near beer, fit for all times. Exclusions and conditions apply. We all know what comes with being a fan, the ups, the downs, and everything in between. Share a Coke with a friend. Coca-Cola, the official beverage of the Columbia Alliance. Awesome. Okay, well, moving on, um, I kind of was explaining to Steve that, like, this podcast is like a sandwich. Like, the bread is like Columbia football, and then in the middle, you just don't know what's going to go on. Right. Um, <laughs> and, Pat, you missed a, a fun time last week when you I, had to go I've to heard, class. Yeah. but. Um, with the would you rather questions, those were kind of crazy. So today is a little bit lighter, and um, I promise we have a couple segments to come out of this first topic, so it's not going to be all about this, but we ought to talk about the NFL being overcome by the Swifties. What are your guys' oh thoughts <laughs> on the Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift fiasco? Everyone has oh an opinion. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll start it off. Uh, Travis Kelsey. Uh, I think pretty objectively the best tight end in the league. I don't think that there's anybody that would disagree with me, and he's definitely flashy um, off the field. I think that that's definitely an understatement, but good for him, you know, <laughs> good for his mom. His mom got to hang out with Taylor Swift yeah. for the whole game, and yeah. uh, Taylor Swift just did that big, huge tour right around the world, and yeah. I heard some crazy numbers of what her tickets were going for, you know, thousands and thousands of dollars, and I know that, you know, there are a lot of Swifties out there uh, you know, I be careful what you say. I, you know, I, I <laughs> they might come for you. Yeah, you know, uh, I I don't dislike Taylor Swift. I think she's got some some good music. Uh, I you know, uh, good good for Travis Kelsey. That's that's all I'm gonna say, right? Uh, I think it fits his personality. You know, his flashy personality. Um, but I, you know, I think the real winner at the end of the day is probably Travis Kelsey's mom, who yeah. got to hang out with with Taylor Swift in their suite and. Uh, I saw, you know, something online today. There was like a rumor that they had to take her out in a popcorn machine <laughs> because there were so many people. <laughs> there were so many people waiting for her outside of the suite. So um, there might have been just as many Taylor Swift fans at the Chiefs game mm -hmm. yeah. uh, than there were uh, actual Chiefs fans. So good for Travis Kelsey. Good for uh, oh yeah. Kansas City. Oh yeah, good for, for sure. Them. Good for Kansas City. Um, I just think like the crazy thing is is like the social media numbers. 
Um, so like, also this this is gonna be another question that we're gonna talk about. But I don't know if you guys saw, but the NFL announced their halftime performer yesterday. It was a whole big thing, a whole big video. Kim Kardashian was involved. Um, so it's Usher. Usher. But and we'll we'll touch on that in a second. But like that video at one point had seven thousand likes and. Taylor Swift being at the game had 63,000 likes, fr- both from I the NFL it. account. I believe it. So it's just crazy. Yeah. But anyways, what do you guys think about Usher being the halftime performer for the Super Bowl? I think that's great. Um, <laughs> Usher, uh, like, it, it's great. It's great. It'll be good for my mom, definitely, and all my aunts. <laughs> I'd say they'll have a great time. I think Usher's a guy that's, like, pretty universal. Like, he's hard mm-hmm. not to sure. like, hard not to enjoy. He's got a voice of the angels. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Can we? Do you know any of his songs? you want to – uh, confessions, confessions. That's one of my favorite ones. You'll catch me singing that randomly every now and then. Um, so yeah, I think it's I think it's a good one. I think it's a good move. I like it. Yeah, for sure. Okay, so that makes me go around. I'm gonna go around the room and ask you guys. This is gonna be twofold. So first one is, who's been your favorite Super Bowl halftime performer? And then I'll ask you a different question. But we'll we'll go around the room and and ask if you guys can remember. Oh, mine's easily the one they did in LA a couple of years ago with all the rappers with 50 Cent and oh, yeah. Snoop Dogg and Dr. Dre and who else was in that um, I, I don't remember who else was in that but that was by far and away the best one that they did in LA Definitely. Um, with all like the uh, like the early 2000s 1990s rappers mm-hmm. uh, was great that was my favorite I don't know if that'll be topped either I like Usher but I don't know if Usher will top that um, trying to think here. I mean, I guess my my parents were at Katy Perry's. They they went and it, I mean that was awesome. And <laughs> they said they said it was awesome. Mm-hmm. So I'll always remember there. that one too. I like that one. I thought Rihanna was great. Um, J Lo and Shakira was awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but I I think I'm gonna go to the Katy Perry and the big the robot. Yes. Big robot like Tiger. With the dancing wow. sharks. Yeah. The yeah. sharks too. Yeah. That That's became awesome. a that was a huge moment in pop culture. Yeah. What was that? That was. Uh I don't know. The Super Bowl was in Seattle. Yeah, that was a while ago. Wait, no, 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 no. Yeah, Seattle was, was playing memory. in the Super Bowl. Seattle was playing in the Super Bowl. I think it was in Arizona. I want to say like maybe twenty fifteen. Might have been C- Seattle, New England. Like it was when Seattle, they had the pit when Malcolm Was but, it that game? I'm trying to find it. I can't even find it. I think I saw those sharks in my nightmares last <laughs> night. Yeah, uh, that's. I, I did not expect I, Katy Perry yeah, to be your that answer was the game that at all. <laughs> that was the game where. Uh, 2015. Yeah. Where the uh, the Marshawn Lynch at the goal line didn't throw it, picked off. Yeah. Pats win. Yeah, wow. Well, my my Great parents game. were there and saw <laughs> Katy Perry and said it was awesome. And I <laughs> was watching on TV and it was awesome. So. Yeah. 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 I think. I mean, growing up, we never watched. The halftime shows. We watched Super Bowl, and then they'd put on the Puppy Bowl at halftime. Mm. <laughs> so Valid. I really only started even like paying attention to halftime shows. Like maybe the five past five. Years. It was like an Animal Planet thing. Oh, they, it, yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, uh, I do know what you're talking about. I love the Puppy Bowl. Bunch of younger siblings. I'm familiar with the Puppy yeah. Bowl. Yeah, oh, it's you're, you're I mean, it's awesome. You're kind of missing out. I'm not gonna. Yeah. Lie. You are a little bit. But it's awesome. Anyway, so we watched. I mean, I maybe watched like six or seven halftime shows. I don't. It's not really my. I, I watch. I watch it for the football, but uh, I enjoyed the weekend one. I thought the weekend really? was cool. Really, shout out Will Hamilton. Yeah. that was a very dis- yeah. uh, divisive one. Yeah. yeah, Will Hamilton. One of our old our old buddies is a huge weekend fan, and just living with him for a while, I kind of liked him too. I like him too. So yeah, I, I liked that weekend. one. Um, that was probably like one of the only ones I've watched all the way through. Honestly, yeah. Um, yeah uh, I mean, Super Bowl. You didn't watch the one in L.A. with. I watched like parts of it, oh, but that one was great. I mean. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not a big halftime show guy. Oh, okay. I'll go with yeah. I'll kind of echo Luke. I'm a big like when halftime comes on. I'm uh. I just like football. Going to refill my <laughs> yeah, plate. Put some refill, nachos yeah, on my plate. Like food. getting some more in my cup. <laughs> yeah. You know? But I will I will say the best one probably was the L.A. one, like Fifty Cent upside down. Yeah. Rapping, mm-hmm. uh, Snoop Dogg crib walking yeah. in front of that on national TV. The Super Bowl was kind of just an epic moment. So I probably go with that. Nice, Steve. What about you? Uh, I think someone mentioned it at some point. My favorite was Shakira and J-Lo. I yeah, absolutely loved that, that one. That was a great one. And I also love this. I'm a Yankee fan, and, like, there was, like, a side plot similar to those, like, T-Swift stuff we we're talking about. But, like, will A-Rod be there? Will he be in the crowd? And will they show him? That was a fun little Oh, yeah, that was line. a big but moment, too, yeah. online. Yeah. yeah that was when sure. A-Rod was with J-Lo. Yeah, that was when he was with her. Yes. So, yeah. Um, but, yeah, I, that was one of my favorite. I thought both of them killed it. and It was just awesome. I think mine was Bruno Mars. 
get out of here. Oh, Bruno Mars. Bruno Mars is a good one. one. I, love yeah. oh, I forgot that about that one. Yeah. Yeah, I, wasn't, I wasn't saying that to your Bruno Mars. Oh, no, it's okay. <laughs> he said A-Rod's the greatest baseball player of all time. I don't time. know why you say that. Timber Barry Bonds fact. I mean, well, it's not A-Rod. Like, you don't go A-Rod. That's just not even. You go Barry Bonds, and then if you want to go like an A-Rod, you then say like Mike Trout. Mike Trout's objectively better if you just look at like statistics. That's like saying Allen Iverson's the Pete coach. Rose. So it's like if you want to go away from like the whole legacy aspect, which I'm fine with, don't go A Rod. <laughs> yeah, I'm I mean, yeah, like yeah, you're, yeah. You're not gonna say Jeter because you you know definitely you can, not because A Rod is better than Jeter. Of course he was. Yes, but like if you're gonna go A Rod and not like a Hank Aaron, which I think would be ridiculous if you said Hank Aaron, you go Mike Trout. That that's no. the next. No way. Well, you don't have a good argument. Why not, Mike? Well, A Rod's top five in like. Most list RBIs, That's home runs, steroids used. That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> That's fine. And then, you, but then you go to. He's still got to hit the baseball. Then you go to Albert Pujols or so Barry Bonds at that point. Why, if you're Barry Bonds is the Barry answer. Bonds. Yeah, if you're discounting, yeah. I said A Rod or Barry Bonds. Oh, okay. Barry, Barry Bonds. Bonds, but it's not A Rod because then you go to Pujols. <laughs> no, A Rod was better than Pujols. A Rod was a better f- baseball player than Albert Pujols was. Okay, you just Albert Pujols also made a fool out of himself uh, playing for the Angels. I mean, he was a sub 200 average hitter. That's not true. I, Certainly, I I live ten minutes from Angel Stadium. He was horrific with the Angels. He should have retired at the end of his Cardinals deal and and been done. But you can look at the statistics. I mean, the guy was clearly <laughs> better. Seven hundred homers. That's great. Let's let's switch back to football. Please, Aaron <laughs> is triggering for me. Yeah. So I went to Columbia for grad school sports management, and in my sports finance class, we had to do a a like ten page thing about if Arod's max contract was worth it. And so, like, we had to look at the financials, at his stats and everything. So I hear A-Rod, and I just oh want to start crying. <laughs> so, you, so you've done the research. Is yeah, he the best <laughs> baseball player of all time? No, I would, okay. have, to, I would have to say no. What you've was the consensus? <laughs> was he worth it? Ouch. Um, honestly, like, there's a lot of stats that I don't remember. But I personally don't think that, like, $252 million or whatever was worth it. Yeah. But um, that's another right, – I don't even like baseball. Change, yeah. So, um, But <laughs> back to this, who's someone that you would want to see perform – the halftime show. I don't even want to look at Luke or CJ because like they don't care. They're not gonna watch it. I got an so. answer actually. <laughs> okay, let's hear it then. I Who say would Drake. Make you watch. Okay, Drake. that's mine. Like that's universally, mine. like every like he's nobody's ever gonna be Michael Jackson. But if we can get anywhere close to it in fandom, it would be Drake nowadays. Like just yeah. how universal he is, how many crowds like him, how many songs people know. Like he's been popping for a while. And I so. raise you because that's my answer. The amount of features too, so like he could have a really good show where he just has surprise people coming up and yeah. everyone goes wild. So that's that's my answer too. What about you, Caden? Oh, that's a really good one. Drake is a really really good one. Come back to me. Ask these okay. two guys and then come back to me. Luke, I'll go. Oh, okay, yeah. Pat. Perfect. So I think Drake's a great answer. Uh, I think t- uh, t- uh, Taylor Swift would then be the other counterpart to Drake. So one of those two is the obvious one. But You I saved mean, the podcast. We're not going to get canceled now because we mentioned her, right. so thank you. Um, <laughs> but the reality of what I would want is you know, Calvin Harris. <laughs> okay. That's just you, though. It's not really. <laughs> not everybody wants to listen to EDM. That would have been a good, Miami, like a good Miami one. Oh, like uh, if, yeah. if they would have done it, it has to be a place like Miami. <laughs> yeah, if Calvin Harris... I mean, there's so many bangers that everybody likes. <laughs> like, I don't know about everybody. <laughs> everybody. I mean, you, you know them. You know the song. We have a we have a so every Thursday, mm-hmm. Coach Fabish does like uh so we play music at practice and a position group gets to make a playlist for Thursday. Oh gosh. D line had the first Thursday, it might have been the worst two hours of <laughs> listening I've ever yeah, had. Yeah, of course you did. The energy was up, everybody loved it. I enjoyed it. What of kind of stuff was on it? it? Just all EDM. All EDM. <laughs> I figured okay. we have one day of I have one day to make a playlist. It's like, you know, I'm gonna go for go for it and just enjoy my day of EDM. I would not take you as an EDM guy. Oh, he loves it. But that's crazy. Because everybody does. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's music made by a computer. It's optimized music. <laughs> like everybody, the energy was through the roof. The only person who didn't like it was Coach Stowe, probably. He was yeah. angry the whole day. Count me in. Yeah. I mean, last week when the RB said it, we had Johnny Cash "Ring of Fire" playing through oh like one my. of the drafts. Like, man, I like this song, but I don't know if I'm. I'm ready to knock heads here. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Thanks, Joey George. Who's your answer over there, Luke? Yeah, I mean, would, I'm like. make you watch the halftime performance? There's like no. I mean, like it'd be some probably country artist, which obviously would be pretty divisive. I mean, like the most popular mainstream country singer that I could see that like maybe would attract a lot of attention would be like maybe Morgan Wallen, but he's not even. 
Like, if I had to pick one guy based off own personal interest, it'd probably be, like, Zach Bryan. Zach which Bryan. Is like, he would be a good one. He's but it's, pretty mainstream. It's pretty, nah, I like Zach really, Yeah, but he's kind of niche overall. Yeah. Like, he's not, like, a Drake or, like, yeah. a People would probably Perry. be upset if they saw him. Yeah. yeah. He's, like, he's, yeah. His yeah. fans would be happy. And he's like, not a Super yeah. Bowl performer It'd have to be a no. combo. Like, a yeah. combo thing. Yeah. yeah. They could do, like, a country combo. Like, it's bring not, in Morgan Wall and bring him all. Morgan Morgan Wall would be better because he's, like, more poppy. Yeah. He could do stuff with more pop guys. Florida Georgia Line. Oh, they're, yeah, that'd be a good more one. poppy. Yeah. I don't know. Zach Bryan, though, is becoming really popular on TikTok. So we'll see. We'll see how it goes. Blowing up. Um, and just for, like, the sake of it being more of a universal, you know, er, better that everybody knows him, a little bit more mainstream, I would – my answer – now, Drake would be my first answer, but to switch it up, I would probably go with J. Cole. Okay. Uh, you have that that 2014 album, the Four Sales Drive album, which is, in my opinion, one of the best albums of all time. Agreed. Um, and and he's got a couple, or not a couple, but quite a few other really really good songs. So I think the J Cole would be a pretty good option, like a like a Drake and J Cole. Yeah. Yeah, that would be crazy. That would be That'd crazy. Be fun, right? You know who would actually like tear it up? But they had like Bad Bunny or somebody. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I, I would love that. Year? Wasn't he involved one year or something? Yeah, he, 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 like he, he was. He got brought out with Shakira and J. That, yeah, you're right. That's th- I love that one. That's yeah, he, he was awesome. Yeah, he yeah. was good. <laughs> That's he similar to like the EDM vibe, though. Well, I mean, yeah. It's, yeah, no. <laughs> well, I you couldn't like over. This guy's an EDM yeah. professional. Yeah, yeah, He's yeah. not going for that. That's crazy. Oh my if you, gosh. It, and then, like, I guess like if yeah, like a rap one like Drake, and then like if you brought out like Lil Wayne. I, w- I would and die. All of Young Money, like, that would be cool. That would be cool. Nicki Minaj, I love like, yeah, her. Nicki Minaj came out. Uh, I would cool. die. Nicki Minaj <laughs> alone would be great. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's yeah. so true. Yeah. So true. Yeah. Ice uh, Spice. Like pink theme, Ice Spice. Imagine if, like, Eminem did a Super Bowl. Well, he did. <laughs> he did. He did? Yeah. See, that's how much I know. <laughs> 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 I also I had no think idea. that he was in the, the LA one. That would make more sense. That would make more sense. He was, like, the main. Yeah. See, look. And then they brought it. No wonder it was so great. For one year, for it to be a surprise, like for them that, not to announce mm, it, yeah. like I think that you be have cool. to tune in to know, yeah. yeah, not hype it up. What's your who's your artist before we move on? Uh, I actually I get a lot of interesting reactions when I say this a lot. Uh, one of my favorite bands of all time, I love Imagine Dragons. I don't know if anyone. Hey, knows. that's Stand? a good pick. <laughs> oh, that's a good so pick. I they have such a good like uh, the catalog they could put <laughs> in a Super Bowl oh, halftime show. Would that's be a so good, good pick. Yeah, hell yeah. I, yeah, that's a great pick. Yeah. Thank you. Are they? Yeah. Do they do that safe and sound song? No, uh, no, that's Capital yeah. Cities. Is They're it kind of a one hit deal? Really? Magic <laughs> Drive, <laughs> Radio Active, world. Radio Active, Demons, Yep, Demons, Plural, Believer, a lot of good, <laughs> a lot of good songs. Dude. No, I, I believe that you. would be a good show. Yeah. Deep list for Imagine Dragons. I'd love Luke to hear Safe and in. Sound, though. I would, too. That's a bad one. Safe and Sound. They could just play it for fun. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Wow. Um. So, last little part of the segment before we look ahead to this weekend's game. Um, we talked a lot about celebrities. So, one of my favorite icebreaker questions to talk about with athletes is just, like, we're thinking big here. You know, don't tell me what you would be like a receptionist. But if you weren't famous for football, what would be your claim to fame? Like, uh, like based on who we are? Yeah, like based off of who you are and, like, what – like your interests and hobbies. Like, I feel like oh. you could be an EDM DJ. So, you know. <laughs> that could be. I that would be sick. I have my answer. If you guys <laughs> want to go ahead or do you want me to No, take you go. go ahead. You go ahead. Uh, no like, idea. dream job, what I think would be awesome would to be like a Stephen A. Smith or a Max Kellerman yeah, and to just yeah, take my that. side <laughs> of a sports take and just <laughs> argue it. Yeah. yeah. Like, that would be, like, my dream. Um, you could be a Skip Bayless. Yeah, something <laughs> like something along those lines where yeah. you're like you, you maybe even like have unpopular opinions, and you share those unpopular opinions for clicks because that's all those guys are Sorry. doing. Yeah. Um, Would you want to be like as well known as like ah oh, Stephen A? Like everyone knows he's the guy that just gives <laughs> crazy <laughs> takes. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. I would you love nothing more than that. Because well, what about <laughs> Skip, like a guy like Skip Bayless though? I feel like Stephen A gets respect like, or like a different guy. Would you rather be like the crazy guy like Skip or? Does it not matter? Sure. You're fine with I mean, that? Why, yeah. I, I think that half the time, some you know, some of these guys maybe don't even fully believe oh, yeah. what they're yeah, they saying. Some of their stuff shot. is kind of so outlandish. Yeah. Uh, like uh, when Kellerman said that he wanted Iguodala. Iguodala. Give me Iguodala. Curry, which is just the craziest. I get where he's coming from, though. No, that's crazy. I don't. I don't see where he's coming from. Steph is not a clutch shooter. He's more clutch than Iguodala. One for one shot. 
Look, it's just it's it's it, it's just a percentage. Thing. <laughs> it, it is, <laughs> yeah. but one for one shot death beam. I will say at the time it wasn't as shot. crazy yeah. as it did. Yeah. Iguodala had played well in some finals. Yeah, but finals. like looking at it now. It's the most outlandish thing you've ever heard. We need to bring some NBA takes on here. I would love that. We, we got to have NBA like a takes. subsection NBA podcast. Yeah. So yeah. I, would, I would enjoy that. LeBron is not the I'm not goat. a big baseball guy, but who, who's not the goat? <laughs> uh oh. Teaser. Who? LeBron is not Teaser. The goat. Yeah. You're, it's oh not even worth it. LeBron is my goat. That's crazy. <laughs> 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 like, it's like, what Ten. are you talking about? 10. Come on, bro. It's not, it's not the goat. Like, Let's save that for next week. Yeah, we'll save, oh, yeah. save it for next week. Oh, yeah, we'll have a hot takes hotline is what I like to call it. Maybe oh. next week we'll do <laughs> that. Gonna that would be, that so would be great. I'll, I'll put, like, a little box on my story for people to submit their <laughs> oh, hot takes. Yeah, that would be good. Yeah. Yeah. Please. Please. That would be we'll good. do that next week, so we got to warm up. But, yeah, anyways. You know, you go first, Luke. I still think. I don't really CJ, know. CJ, you go. <laughs> <laughs> I'll go. I think I could be, like, um, if we're going for, like, people that already do it, I think I could be, like, a Steve Harvey. Okay. Um, host oh, like for a, sure. Yeah, yeah, host yeah, a little yeah, talk yeah, show. Yeah, yeah. Sure. Host a little game show. These guys know. Yeah, for sure. I'm kind of, um, I, I kind of do my own version of a little like a uh, Family Feud or so. Ask a couple <laughs> questions, see what guys are thinking, throw in a little jokes here and there. So, I think I could be, I could be pretty famous for that. Do be like a little talk show host, add my little tidbit, and if not that, probably music. Mm-hmm. I think I can make some good music. But um, okay, so determined. in two weeks, so next week's hot take hotline. Next week is going to be Steve Harvey. You're taking the ropes. Family <laughs> I'm taking food. the ropes of the show. Offense versus defense. Uh-oh. SID versus multimedia. We're, we're going to do it. Feud? Yeah, Uh-oh. we're going to do some family feud at <laughs> some point this season. Let's do it. I like it. Um, I don't know. I mean, this exercise is a little bit depressing, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really. Yeah. Patty's <laughs> racking his brain. He's like, I can't think I of anything. Much of a personality. Oh, you don't have much of a personality. No, Give me a Honestly, like. Uh, to Caden's point, like me and Caden, we kind of have a Shannon yeah. Sharp, Skip Bayless. We do. Dynamic. Hey. Yeah. Who's Who Shannon? Me, obviously. <laughs> <laughs> he has no idea what he's talking about. Like, <laughs> you're the rational. You know yeah. what you're talking yeah. about. Yeah. Um, Caden just comes in with the fire. The I have factor. had some bad takes. <laughs> 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 but they've been out there, and it's great. It sparks, you know. It's the content. Yeah, uh, it sparks conversation. Baker Mayfield. I mean, I'll just take, I'll yeah. take an easy one, though, um, and I don't love doing it. Uh, but I'll just say, I mean, I play another sport, so I'd be just be known as a, a track guy. Nice. Which I don't like a field guy, not a track guy. Well, a field for yeah, clarification, field, field like guy. shot put. Yeah. Which okay. is like, <laughs> like you're not running the hundred anytime soon. <laughs> it's not like, uh, but <laughs> not that cool. But you know. Okay, so I no, cool. no EDM yeah. DJing, I guess. No, I don't really have that one in my bag. Uh, there's I always disagree. Time. I think you could do it. It's, uh, or a radio host. It's really not. Uh, it's yeah. really not that hard. The thing about the EDM. D- I'm sorry to keep going on this, <laughs> but the EDM DJs are a bunch of like college kids who just like figure it out because they need to learn it for like parties. Like, and they're like, and then the fans. The, this is what I don't subscribe to with the EDM. They're like, this guy's a genius. It's like, well, I mean, the best musicians in the world are like. Like that aren't EDM musicians, like brought up from the time they're like five and like molded, like, like prodigies. Yeah, so that yeah. that clearly takes more talent than like some guy who's just in a frat basement, like <laughs> typing away on <laughs> his computer. Like, let, let, let's be real here. There's not much talent going on. Is the music great? Of course, it's computer optimized. It's good music, but they're not like some savants, you know? Yeah. Like it's not, they're not Mozart. No Beethovens <laughs> around <Yeah>. here. <laughs> Beyonces, <laughs> you know? Like, come on. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, I'm with Pat here. I'm, I'm really trying to rack my brain for other other things I'm interested in. Um, I would say, I know it's kind of related to football. It's a little cheating, but it's fine. it is what it is. I If I could be, like, the head coach of a major program without doing all the grunt work to get there, that'd be sick. <laughs> <laughs> just be like Nick Saban or, like, you know, be like Lane Kiffin just out there, just, like, Running some program, having a great time, like that'd be pretty cool. Now, would you want to be involved in the X's and O's? Like, would you want to be more like Coach Bagnoli or more like Coach Favish? Like a little bit more involved in the X's and O's, or a little bit I mean, more of a CEO? I mean, I would, I would like to be more involved. Obviously, I wouldn't be able to be involved in the defensive X's and O's. Like my current knowledge. I mean, if I worked my way up okay. there, I might be able to. I think I would want to be in the office more, but like not a coordinator head coach. Gotcha. Makes I don't. Sense. I feel like there are plenty of guys out there who know more about that than I do. Um, do you think you'd like the politics of a head coach? You know, like the like how some head coaches are like mayors of their of their. Yeah, that's what I'm town. saying. That'd be kind of sweet. Yeah. Like that'd be cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, so if I had to pick one, that'd probably be it. But like I said, I don't I don't know if I want to climb that ladder to get there. Yeah. Did y'all ever ask Justin Willie this question? 
I might have. I'd have to go back in the archives. Um, we asked them yeah. some interesting things back in the day. He'll be a head coach one day. Oh, yeah. For sure. Yeah. 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 He should be a coordinator head coach. He's going to fast track, dude. I mean, that guy is a, that guy's a genius. Yeah. It'd be like day three of camp, and we couldn't run a play because he caught our play before the – yeah, it was terrible. Wow. When he played linebacker. But he's, uh, he's, he's uh, got a great football mind. Like, ridiculous. Ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Hard worker. Uh, and you know, people love him. Like he's gonna fast track that. Yeah. It's loud. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. First day walking in a football camp, college football camp, I see Justin Woodley, who knows everything that's going on, <laughs> and Cam Dillon, that just looks like Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> on the field. Yeah. I'm you're like, like, is this college? Yeah. Like, am I ready <laughs> Where for am this? I? And then his ba- their backups are Scott and John Harris. We were stacked. Yeah, yeah. That was cool. All right. Well, should we? preview some Princeton before we wrap things up? Yeah, let's get into it. So, obviously, huge game. Ivy League opener this Friday night on the road, uh, taking on Princeton, like Aaliyah just said. Uh, we can just go one by one, I guess, uh, just talk about some expectations, What uh, what's to come in pr- the biggest game of the season so far. We'll start with Caden. Yeah. Uh, I mean, obviously, Princeton, big game for us. We have not beat them since I've been here. Um dating all the way back to 2019. Um, so obviously we'd love to get a win against those guys. It's, it's a league, you know, it's a league game. You know, you talk about one of the bigger names in the Ivy League being Princeton. Um, you add the element of not having beat them yet um, in my time here. So it's obviously a game you want to win. You want to win every game. Um, but this has a little bit extra to it. Um, and then with what we saw last week with, with a couple of the the Ivy League games that went on, obviously Brown played Harvard. That was an extremely close game. Came down to the, the last snap, a 34-31 game. Harvard squeaked it out. And then Cornell beat Yale. Um, uh, Yale obviously won the league last year, and, and, and Yale both teams obviously have um, extremely talented teams. But uh, we were talking a little bit in the locker room, and it's why it's so important that we prepare each week um, – you know, with extreme emphasis is just because uh, the the talent level is so similar in the Ivy League that anybody can win on any given any given day. So I think that it's puts that much more importance of, you know, really preparing your best and, and being in that right mindset come, well, I guess now Friday night, usually Saturday, but just being in that right mindset and not taking anyone for granted, not, not underestimating any opponent. Um, so, yeah, I think that just coming into Princeton um, – Preparing throughout the week uh, to the best of our ability and, and being in that right frame of mind and just being ready to go on Saturday, I'm excited. Uh, they got some good players on both sides of the ball. We have some really good players on both sides of the ball. Uh, I think it's going to be a great matchup, uh, and I'm looking forward to it. ESPNU game Friday night. Huge, huge The rest deal. of the league's going to be watching it. Um, so it'll be nice for us to, to make a statement and, and get after these guys. It's going to be great. Yeah, um just to echo kind of everything that Caden just said, um, I can't remember a bigger game. I feel like we have a game like this every year where it's just like, this is this is the big one. Like, let's go let's go get it done. It's a great opportunity, um, you know. And we like you said, we we're talking. I mean, the league is so good. Our league is so good and so competitive. It's so fun to be a part of, and it makes every league game. Um, like we we have, we f- I feel like we have seven championship games, you know, yeah. every every year. So. Um, this, this being the first one and, and, a, and a huge one on a national stage. Um, and, you know, I'd really love to beat these guys, and I, I know everybody else would too. So we're, look, we're looking forward to the opportunity. Yeah. I mean, without sounding like a broken record, I mean, it is unbelievable. I think the Ivy League is, like, truly unique in how good it is top to bottom. You know, like, you really can lose to any team any week. Um, and so, I mean – yeah, I've been here with Caden since 2019. Haven't beat him yet. Um, I've, you know, I, there's very few things I want more right now than to beat Princeton. And, um, yeah, they're a good football team. They're always a good football team. Um, they're well coached, but you, know, you can tell they've had a lot of success. So you got to bring your A game. you got to be ready to play. But, you know, I say it every week. I believe that every team in our schedule we can beat, and this is no different. So, um you know, just come ready to go on Friday. And if you need extra motivation to play at Princeton, then I, I don't. You must. I don't really know what you're doing. So, yeah. 
Yeah, for me, it's not about them. It's really about us. And like I said, we're prepping like we're playing the New York Jets every week. Um, and I feel like this past couple of weeks showed us that it's really about us and how we prepare and how we perform. Um, yeah, without getting too much into them, because if I really talked about how I felt, we had to censor a lot of this. So <laughs> I'll just say it's about us um, and ready to play this Friday on national TV. Awesome. All right, yeah, and that'll do it for this episode of the Captain's Corner Podcast. As always, thank you guys for joining me. Aaliyah, thank you for doing this with me again. Um, uh, we already kind of touched on it, but this ga- uh, this week's game is against Princeton, Ivy League opener, 7 p.m. on Friday night. Tune in on ESPNU, like I said earlier. Huge deal. Uh, we love the national TV games, and like Caden said, everybody will be watching. See you next week. Hot Take Hotline. If you have a hot take, send them our way. Let's go. Let's go.